Esther chapter 4 verse 1. Now at this point in our story, Haman is on top of the world. He's kind of like Satan, causing chaos all over the planet, getting people to sin, destroying as many lives as possible, making people miserable, and making people very ignorant and very confused. Right now, Satan thinks that he's winning the game because he is leading a lot of people into sin and into hell, and he is causing a lot of abuse and torment and punishment to God's people, as well as to innocent children and even innocent animals that have to suffer greatly in this world. And Satan loves all of that suffering. He loves it. He eats it up. And that's where we are now in the book of Esther, where Haman thinks that he's totally in control. 1. Now when Mordecai knew all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. Mordecai is in deep mourning now. He's wearing uncomfortable clothing. He has ashes on his head and his regular clothes are ripped. And he's crying out to the Lord. 2. And he came even before the king's gate, for none might enter within the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. You cannot enter the king's gate in mourning, because when we go to heaven, none of us are going to be sad. We are going to enter with joy. We'll be clothed in white robes of righteousness. We'll be spotless. We'll have new glorified bodies and big, huge smiles on our faces. Nobody will go into heaven crying. 3. And in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews, and fasting, and weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. You know, in this life, we have to mourn a lot because of all the tragedies that come our way and because of the temptations and the trials that we have to go through. And Jesus also went through temptations and trials and tragedies and hardships. He was attacked on a daily basis by Satan and all of his demons. So God understands what we're going through. And we are in that desert journey where we will face troubles. 4. And Esther's maidens and her chamberlains came and told it her, and the queen was exceedingly pained, and she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take his sackcloth from off him, but he accepted it not. She tried to comfort him and tell him to stop crying, but he refused to stop crying, and he wouldn't put on regular clothes. 5. Then called Esther for Hathach, one of the king's chamberlains, whom he had appointed to attend upon her, and charged him to go to Mordecai to know what this was and why it was. She had been told by her servants that Mordecai was mourning, but she didn't know why. And when she tried to comfort him, he refused her comfort. So now she's asking Hathach to go and ask Mordecai what the problem is. 6. So Hathach went forth to Mordecai unto the broad place of the city which was before the king's gate. 7. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him, and the exact sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. There's now kind of like a hit out on the Jews, and money will be paid to those who kill the Jews. 8. Also he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given out in Shushan to destroy them, to show it unto Esther, and to declare it unto her, and to charge her that she should go in unto the king, to make supplication unto him, and to make request before him for her people. Mordecai wants Esther to intercede on behalf 
of the Jews. Since the king represents God and Esther represents the church, it's a representation of intercessory prayer when Christians pray for other Christians. 9. And Hathach came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. 10. Then Esther spoke unto Hathach and gave him a message unto Mordecai. So she's going to respond to Mordecai's request. 11. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law for him that he be put to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these thirty days. Esther is telling Mordecai that if you approach the king in his throne room without him calling you first, then you will be put to death unless he extends mercy to you by holding out his golden scepter for you to touch. And if he doesn't do that, you will be put to death. And she says, the king hasn't seen me in 30 days, so he probably doesn't want to see me. And if I show up, there's a good chance that I will die. That's what she's telling Mordecai. 12. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. 13. Then Mordecai bade them to return answer unto Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then will relief and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house will perish. And who knoweth whether thou art not come to royal estate for such a time as this? This is a very overly quoted verse in the Bible for such a time as this. And it basically means if you're in a situation that you don't like, it could be because God wants to use you in that circumstance. And that's what Mordecai is telling Esther. And Mordecai is also warning Esther that she will not escape harm just because she's in the palace, because with God there is justice. And if she doesn't help her people, then God will probably cause her to die anyway because of his justice. And it's her responsibility to help her people. Otherwise, God will use a different person who's willing, and then she will have a curse on her life. And this is very true. If God wants you to do something and you refuse to do it, he'll find somebody else to do it, but you will have a curse on your life or you'll miss out on a great blessing. You know, when Deborah was judge over Israel, I'm sure that God would have chosen a man, but whoever man he chose refused to rise to the occasion and obey the Lord. So God ended up choosing a woman instead, and a woman became judge over Israel. And that woman received the blessing. And the man who refused, we don't know who he is, but whoever he was, he probably received a curse in his life. 15. Then Esther bade them return answer unto Mordecai. Esther and Mordecai are not speaking face to face because they can't be together. They're separated by the palace itself and namely because Mordecai is in mourning, because you're not allowed to go into the palace or into the king's gate when you're in mourning, and so they can't talk face to face. So she sends answer back to Mordecai. 16. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast in like manner. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. She's saying, if I die, I die. I like how she is not 
cocky and sure of herself, thinking that she's so beautiful that the king couldn't resist her. She is a very humble woman and doesn't use her beauty to manipulate. She believes in the power of God, not her own beauty as power like a lot of women today do, and they use their beauty to control their circumstances. But Esther didn't do that. She wanted God to protect her, and she looked to the Lord. So she fasted for three days before going to see the king, and she asked all of the Jews in Shushan to do the same on her behalf. Today, there's a lot of women in Hollywood and in other areas of life, and maybe you even know some women like this, who believe that they're such hot stuff that nobody can resist them. And that is so arrogant. So this is just a beautiful image of what a woman really should be, meek and humble. And that's what men should be as well, meek and humble. 17. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Mordecai went out in Susa and told all of the Jews to fast and pray for three days and three nights. Now this is also a comic ending because in real life, if your beautiful, delicate, fragile niece was about to face death, and she was willing to sacrifice her own life by going to see the king on behalf of her people, you would console her and you'd offer her words of courage. But as soon as she agrees to do what Mordecai says, the conversation is over. He takes that promise and runs. And that's exactly what would happen in a comedy. As soon as you get what you want from the most dearest person in your life, even though it might mean the end of their life, you take it and you run. And we see this all the time in sitcoms and stuff like that, where people who are supposed to be friends are actually more concerned for their own skin than for their friend. The Book of Esther really is a comedy. You really are supposed to laugh. You're supposed to really enjoy this book. And it's going to get even funnier in the next few chapters. And that concludes Esther chapter 4.